Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Tuesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us here on the Big X. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Uh, Most of you probably know by now we do this show each weekday live at 11 a.m. And if you can't join us for the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, and you will find us there. Lots of IU basketball tidbits to get to today in the opening segment. Uh, Some good news for Trace Jackson Davis. More good news, I should say, for Trace Jackson Davis. Also, Jalen Hood-Shafino, the IU women with a big road win over a top 15 team last night. We'll talk about that. Some high school basketball as we cruise to the tournament pairings coming up on Sunday. That's right, the boys basketball state tournament pairings, sectional pairings will come out Sunday afternoon. And then, of course, before that on Saturday, the uh, girls' uh, semi-states uh, in across the state getting down to the final weekends of the girls' basketball season. So there is absolutely plenty to get to. Also, a look at where I use that in bracketology. Uh, it continues to look better and better for this Indiana team. And we are a day away uh, from the IU-Northwestern game. Northwestern coming off a big win over Purdue, so that should be a really good battle uh, for the Hoosiers. Another one. Every game is this stretch that Indiana's in playing some good basketball, but also going against some of the top programs in the Big Ten, including Northwestern, who I'm not sure anybody thought would be where they are right now in conference play. But uh, they're coming off a monstrous win over the weekend against the number one ranked Bullmakers, who are no more ranked number one. Uh, Alabama, in most polls, has taken over that spot. So glad to have you with us for this Tuesday program. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one here in just a moment. We'll have some headlines from today on Trace and Jalen hood Shafino, the IU women, and more. And then coming up a little bit later in the show, segment two, we'll be joined by Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. We'll start to check in on IU Northwestern for tomorrow night. There's lots of other things to chat about with this IU team and the hot streak that they are in the midst of. Coach Woodson had his uh, weekly coaches show last night, so we will update you on that with Mike about some of the interesting things he had to say uh, as well. And uh, that's what we'll do today. Later in the show, we'll talk about some of the girls' semi-states this weekend. There's some high school basketball action tonight as well. 
I think I'm going to get my chance uh, for the first time this season to see Jack Benner at Brownstown tonight. So looking forward to that. Uh, but uh, a lot of stuff to get to in our show today, and that's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And don't forget today, you can send in a question or comment or whatever you've got to us on the Thornton's text line. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. So get out your phone, type in the number 502-414-1450, send us a text, and we'll get your question, your comment on the air today. Right now at Thornton's, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito and any fountain drink tea or fizz freeze or 20 ounce bottled soda when you become a new refreshing rewards member simply download the app and register today for refreshing rewards to earn your free breakfast on thornton's and let's take a look at some of the headlines today first off more trace jackson davis news and it sounds like it seems like daily we have some really big brag on TJD and what he is doing, but he yesterday was named the Big Ten Player of the Week. In fact, he was co-player of the week officially uh, from the league office, and uh, he is the first player in Big Ten history uh, to win four consecutive, four straight Player of the Week honors. And that just tells you the tear that he has been on individually, and he has keyed this Indiana team to a terrific run here as of late. Also worth noting is with his uh, co-player of the week honor yesterday, he passes IU greats Calbert Chaney and also Steve Alford for most Big Ten player of the week selections in his career. And Trace has seven total. Hard to believe he had three before this last month. He's added four weeks straight. He's got seven total Big Ten Player of the Week honors. Also, Hood Shafino, Jalen Hood Shafino, he was named Big Ten Freshman of the Week, uh, a co-freshman of the week with, uh, I believe, Fletcher Lawyer. Uh, and he is now, that's his third, excuse me, he didn't, he was not co-player of the week. He tied uh, Fletcher Lawyer for the second most Big Ten Freshman of the Week honors this season. It's the second of the year, third of the year. Let me get all this straight here for Hood Shafino. And uh, he's only behind Lawyer, uh, who's got the second most, and then Ohio State's Bryce Sensible, who had a ton of them early on, it seemed. And so let me get that straight for you. But Jalen Hood Shafino with a big honor as well uh, for the third time this season. So uh, when you've got guys being named Player of the Week and Freshman of the Week in the Big Ten Conference, it probably means your team is doing something pretty special. Uh, when you've got guys uh, at the same time getting those honors as TJD and Hood Shafino have been, uh, it means that you're really on a good tear, and that's what Indiana is on for sure. So two big honors for those guys yesterday. Also, Indiana basketball in the new AP poll out on Monday jumped up four spots to number 14 in the country. So IU back in the top 15 in college basketball, and I believe uh, that is the highest Indiana 
has been ranked since week four, week five of the season when they were also at number 14 as well. And this is the 12th week that Indiana has been in the top 25 in the country. So uh, after some years of not being in the top 25, at least for any consistent period of time, Indiana has really uh, been in that ranking, that poll, based on media from across the country for a great part of this season. Indiana, only one of two Big Ten teams uh, ranked this week. Purdue is now number three. and But a lot of teams getting votes. Northwestern getting a lot of votes. Uh, Illinois, Iowa, Rutgers, Maryland uh, also getting votes as well. So a number of teams right on the brink of the top 25 uh, poll in the country. But Indiana and Purdue leading the way right now as far as rankings go in the Big Ten Conference. Also, bracketology, I know as we get into February, it's February 14th, so we're basically halfway home for this month. Uh, but more and more we'll be talking about seeding and NCAA bracketology, and there are so many different ones out there that uh, that uh, do this, and some do it better than others. But Indiana, uh, across the uh, board, is getting some good marks and moving up, as you would expect. And at Inside the Hall, our friend Alex Bozich, he's got a guy, Andy Bottoms, that's been on this show before, that uh, really does a good job with it and is fairly new in recent seasons doing bracketology. But he's got Indiana as as a five seed right now uh, going to Albany, New York uh, in that uh, uh, to play uh, 12 seeded Liberty would be the matchup according to his bracket. So I think that the ceiling for Indiana could jump up a few spots in their seeding depending on how they finish and, and obviously do over the coming weeks. But right now I think a five seed very fair for this team and uh, potential to go up a little bit or if they drop some games here over the remaining part of February there is a chance to go down a little bit but one thing is for sure this team is headed to the NCAA tournament and so many years that we've had this show uh, as we get to this point of the season it's are they going to make it are they out of the tournament what's the path into the tournament and now the conversation is none of that it's what's the ceiling of this team and how exactly high could they they get us as far as a seed goes, what's the best seed this team could get? So a lot different uh, than what we've been through in recent years, that that is for sure. And the IU women last night, they were fantastic once again. They went on the road over to Columbus and got an 83-59. That's really a blowout win on the road over 13, uh, 13th ranked, I should say, Ohio State. Um, Indiana's seventh win against the top 15 team this season and their second win against the top 15 on the road this season. Indiana absolutely dominated uh, Ohio State in the first half. Uh, some big performances across the board, uh, but Indiana women are for real. And I made this comment to Justin Kalen here at the Big X before we went on the air today. I said, you know, as, as good as the IU men are playing, and I know the, the description red hot has been used to describe Coach Woodson's crew right now, but the IU women are playing better. Uh, and they've been playing consistently better and better all season. And so I know I've said this, but when you think to the Big Ten Women's Tournament and when you think to the NCAA Women's Tournament, I mean, this Indiana team is putting themselves in a legitimate position to go in, I think for sure, unless something crazy happens, as a number one seed and maybe as one of the favorites to not only get to the Final Four but to win the whole thing. I mean, they are just – 
really, really good. And then, of course, on the women's side, you get something different you don't get with the men, and that's the chance to host some of the early rounds of the tournament, depending on your seating. And Indiana, obviously, is going to get a chance to host. And with the fan support and the crowds that they have had, especially for some of the big games this conference season, uh, they're going to shatter, I think, a record. I think it's possible that it's a uh, truly a sellout. I know there was a sellout with Purdue uh, where tickets were discounted and so forth, but I think there's a legitimate chance of a NCAA tournament sellout some of those opening rounds, uh, even though it could be against obviously lower-seeded opponents and games that might not be as good as what they'll be as they move on through the tournament. But definitely some support there. That is neat to see. And this team is is playing really well for sure, uh, no question about that. One other high school note from over the weekend. I know we talked with Coach Wilkerson yesterday about the Red Devils and their big win over Jennings County. And, uh, in fact, the Red Devils led by 20 points over Jennings County, who went into that game with just one loss on their record and no losses in the Hoosier Hills Conference. And that Jeff win creates a real mess there in the Hoosier Hills as far as who can win that thing or what the top of the conference looks like. But with that said, some other interesting things from over the weekend. Providence beat New Albany and then beat Austin on Saturday night. Providence has now won 13 games in a row. And you talk about playing good basketball. I didn't think they played extraordinarily well Saturday, but they are taking steps forward each and every game getting ready for the tournament. But I wanted to go back to that New Albany game for just a moment. We had the broadcast here on the Big X. It was a lot closer than what I expected. I know some people said, oh, it's going to be a blowout. Other people thought because of the rivalry factor, that it might actually be a good game, and it was a good game. It was an ugly basketball game, uh, but a close game, and those are always fun when it comes down to the final possession or two. 3.2 seconds left on the clock. Providence, uh, Casey Kalen had scored on a breakaway to the basket as he rolled to the basket, got a pass, laid it in. That broke the tie. But that last 3.2 seconds of the game, if you were listening Saturday or if you were at the game, I think it took at least 15 or maybe as much as 20 minutes to be played by the time the coaches all called their timeouts and between all the issues that there were with the play clock, the timer, that something that would not stop, it would slowly run off time when the clock was not running. There were all sorts of issues getting it back going again. They had to reset the scoreboard multiple times. Those kind of things happen, obviously, especially at high school games. Heck, I've even seen it happen in some big college games before, but I was telling somebody, you know, it was a fun game. You're on the edge of your seat in those final few possessions. It's what Southern Indiana basketball should have been, although it was pretty low scoring. That that wasn't as fun. But I've never seen a game take that long at any level to finish, uh, whether it's timeouts or, or clock malfunctions or whatever. It just was a very unique situation. And, again, at least 15 minutes, if not 20 minutes, to finish the final 3.2 seconds of the game. They finally got things, I guess, a workaround of sorts. The clocks still seem to maybe have a lag. I don't know any of the particulars there. But uh, then there was another issue where New Albany had the ball coming out of a timeout. The scoreboard showed one second. Some people thought it was one-tenth of a second. Uh, I don't know exactly what the controller showed, but just a crazy finish. New Albany inbounded the ball before they could even get a shot off. That was it. Uh, the referee 
stepped in and, and said that was the ball game, I guess kind of doing the time on his watch or in his head, whatever the case was. But definitely a crazy finish to the game. And I know Ryan Miller, I ran into him after the game. He said, man, I've never seen one like that before. So that was a wild finish. If you were there or were listening, uh, you know what I'm talking about. But it was definitely a different game, a different finish than what I have ever experienced in being around high school basketball for a lot of years. So obviously for New Albany, they need to really get things rolling over these last few games. Coach Shannon's final few games of his career at New Albany before the Seymour sectional, whereas Providence getting ready for, at some point, we think, a big matchup, a rematch with Brownstown and Jack Benner in the sectional. And, of course, the pairings come out this weekend. I believe we are all set to cover, to carry the uh, statewide pairing show here on the Big X, and we'll have some other announcements this week about pairings and coverage that we'll have on Sunday as well as we work to put that together. But the pairing show set for 5 p.m., a two-hour program from 5 to 7 coming up on this Sunday from Indianapolis. That's when we'll find everything out about what local sectionals will look like, what the lay of the land will be like at Seymour for Jeff, New Albany, and Floyd Central, and, of course, the 2A sectional Brownstown and Providence, when will those two meet? When could they potentially meet? We'll know all that coming up on Sunday as well. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You got a question on IU or a thought about the IU Northwestern game or a sectional that you're looking forward to attending, love to know what you're thinking, and you can message those to us uh, during this show each day here on the Thornton's text line. To a commercial break we go. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is next for the latest on IU basketball. We'll talk men's and women's in the next segment. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Tuesday program. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, my guest. You can read Mike's work at thedailyhoosier.com, at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. And a great guest to have with us here in the middle part of the week as we talk the latest with IU basketball. And, Mike, a number of different ways we can go with today's conversation, all of them really pretty positive for this Indiana program right now, both the men's and the women's, by the way. But uh, I promised a couple people I would ask you for some sort of update on Xavier Johnson. We haven't heard much, I think maybe since a week and a half or so ago when Coach Woodson brought it up at maybe his coach's show or a press conference. I can't remember exactly, but – any buzz, any word out there on when Xavier could make a return to the lineup? Yeah, um, you know, the the school has not come out and said anything in any sort of official capacity beyond that he's out indefinitely after having foot surgery. Uh, basically, almost two months ago now, I think the injury was on uh, December 17th, if I remember the date right, and we're almost to February 17th, so almost right at two months. Um, I, You know, the the conversations you kind of have 
behind the scenes at games and whatnot. You know, the, the kind of the buzz was around a, a eight week slash two month time frame. So it would not be surprising if he is starting to kind of get more into basketball activities and maybe has a, a kind of a one to two week window. I, I don't know that definitively, but just kind of that's kind of where the 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 buzz is. That's kind of where the chatter is here here of late. I do think he's going to come back at some point in this regular season. And, at, you know, here we are, you know, mid-February. I think it's going to be sooner than later. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Any Also, any word on Race Thompson? He returned and then was held out in street clothes. Uh, I believe it was at Michigan. It was announced just before the game uh, tipped off. Any word on uh, what's going on with him? Has he regressed or was it precautionary or do we know anything at all? Yeah, the only thing I know for sure is just what Coach Woodson has said and what the what IU has put out, and that's that it is was precautionary. But it, it wasn't clear if that was precautionary, like some sort of reaggravation of of what he did, you know, at Iowa back in early January or something new. But but Woodson did say on his radio show last night that it, that he wasn't sure about Reese Thompson, and he was more definitive when he mentioned uh, Logan Duncan in the, in the same breath. So it, it sounds like race, whatever he's got, um, is not serious or long-term and, and at least has a chance to, to try to play tomorrow. All right, uh, Mike Schumann with the Daily Hoosier. Let's talk about tomorrow's game. Uh, we know Northwestern is probably better than what people projected and having a pretty solid, pretty nice season overall but I'm not sure anybody saw them knocking off number one ranked Purdue over the weekend as they did. So I think Indiana knew this would be a, a tough game, a challenge game for sure, but it takes, to me, a whole new meaning on after you knock off at that time the number one team in the country. Yeah, and uh, I don't even think anybody knew that they were going to do that with five minutes to go in that game against Purdue. I mean, it, it looked like they were – for all practical intents, beat in that game. You know, they just couldn't get enough stops and, and weren't making them shots on, on their end, and they just completely flipped at the last five minutes, you know, playing very aggressive defense. That was a very physical game. Um, you know, I think I would say that the officials let the game be very physical, and that played out to, to Northwestern's benefit. Um, I really found it interesting the way that they went about doubling Zach Eady really, you know, very quickly got to him and, and kind of trapped him before he could even think about turning over his preferred left shoulder. And, but, you know, that, that turns him into more of a, you know, instead of a guy that just instinctively is going to score over you, that forces him to be more of a basketball player and, you know, you know, instinctively make basketball moves and passes. And, and it seemed to me like that, that might be the best way to get to him. And in and, and, and Matt Painter's, First game, he kind of hinted along the same lines. I don't know if he gave away too much, but he, I, I thought he basically admitted that Northwestern had the best way to, to defend Edie. So um, I didn't watch that full game, so I don't know if that's like a trick that they had in their bag for late in the game. I know some teams, including Painter, like to do that in games, just kind of save their, their best strategies for, for mid-second half to, to try to make a late push. So it was really interesting, but they're, they're they're a very good defensive team. Even though Indiana put up 82 on them, um, they came into that game as one of the better defensive teams on an efficiency basis. And you know that's led by their their guards. Chase Odeez is probably going to get Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year if Trace doesn't get it. Um, and you know Boo Booey has really had a breakout year after some up and down years throughout his career. That backcourt duo is a nightmare, and I, I think that's going to be the story of the game: is whether or not Indiana can 
slow those two down much better than they did in, in the first go-around. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, talking about Indiana and Northwestern tomorrow. You know, every uh, step the rest of the way for this Indiana team is two things. Number one, it's an opportunity to work on seeding and see exactly what kind of good setup they can get for the NCAA tournament. But the second thing is, as we've discussed before, this is no easy path to close out the month of February. Even though Indiana's playing great basketball and seems to be really battling and, and hanging tough, whether it's at home or on the road, Indiana's got a tough draw of things uh, the rest of the way to to get ready for the Big Ten tournament. So the opportunity, Mike, is really there for this team. They've already put themselves, I think, in a good position. The opportunity there to put themselves in a great position for the NCAA tournament. But in the Big Ten, it's never going to be easy to get there. It certainly isn't. And I thought at the beginning of the year that Indiana kind of got a, a bad draw in it when it comes to the how the the uh, single game plays you know were picked for Indiana versus some of the other teams including Purdue including Illinois it's, you know there's just I, you know there's no, nothing conspiratorial there it's just the, the luck of the draw um, you know Indiana only plays Minnesota once uh, they only get Ohio State once but you know there, there's just uh, I think Nebraska once as well so there, there's just some games there that you know, you, you only play those guys once, but you get Purdue, you, you get Michigan State, um, you get Northwestern twice. Some of those you didn't know because to your original point, you know, if you, if you take a look back at preseason, I think the the team clearly that that has far outseeded expectations is Northwestern. Probably the team that clearly is vastly under underperformed is Ohio State. Um, I think those are the two you look back on now. But but in any case. Yeah, Indiana's schedule has been a challenge. They've ended up playing most of their games against the, the top two-thirds of the league, and um, there, there's no breaks down the stretch here. These three road games, they're, they're all winnable. I'd say, you know, Purdue's the least likely, followed by Michigan State. This one tomorrow night's probably the, the, the best chance, but it's obviously a major test if they're good enough to beat Purdue. They've already beat Indiana. You know, there's no way you could possibly take that lightly. Um, and, and the home games are, are challenging too. You know, you play an Iowa team that's already beat you. You play Illinois, who's clearly going to be looking for revenge, and if if they're on on a particular night, can be very good. And, and then you close with the Michigan team, who's basically a, a push against those guys. So there's, you know, six games to, to close things out here that you know I would say all winnable, but all losable too. <laughs> Yeah, no question about it. Uh, and I think this Northwestern game is going to be really interesting for, for multiple reasons. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Got to talk a little bit about Trace Jackson Davis. This is our daily, I guess, Trace update or, or bragging session here, and you can participate with me today, Mike. But um, Big Ten Player of the Week, fourth consecutive week that he's either owned or shared that honor with someone else and uh, he's got seven now in his career and I mentioned at the start of the show that he is uh, past all-time greats like Steve Alford um, and others uh, as far as having that award the most but uh, to look at four weeks in a row that's just really amazing and I think kind of sums up just how good things have been for Indiana with him leading the way. Yeah, it's you know it, it's been hard to kind of put into to words how good he's been over the the last month, but I think maybe nothing does it better than the fact that that he's won that honor four weeks in a row, and no one has ever done that before in in big 
10 history since they started the award back in the early 80s. I mean, that if, that sums it up just about as well as anything could. I mean, he's not just been good here and there. He's been dominant for, for several weeks in a row now. And it, you know, it coincides with Indiana winning eight out of nine games. But there's no doubt in my mind that a big part of it is him being healthy again. Um, you could clearly see during that three-game losing streak and, you know, the month prior that, that he was laboring, you don't see that anymore. Although I will say, towards the tail end of that game against Michigan, I, I don't suspect it was his back. But I, I made a comment on social media after the game that, that he played 40 minutes and he was still able to be effective. But when I went back and watched the second time and really focused on the last five minutes, you could pick out spots where he was probably tired. You know, he, he got beat down the court. Um, you know, there, there were just moments where, where he didn't look to be himself, and I would say that's probably fatigue more than anything else. So I think, you know, the, the, the numbers are impressive. Um, it, it's going to be a story, though, whether or not Indiana can continue to, to ride him the way they are right now. Um, you know, no no bye weeks, no, 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 no breaks here, you know, basically two games a week, then the Big Ten tournament in the NCAA. That's a long grind for him, and he said after the game on Saturday that you know he's that's going through some pretty intensive uh, therapy between games just to get his body right. So um, I, I think you know it's funny to think back during the kind of the down stretch that he was having in the middle of the year. There was a lot of talk about Trace doesn't play hard, this and that. We all kind of knew, hey, this guy's got a back issue. You know, you got to give him the benefit of the doubt, but he's clearly shown now that. What, what he's capable of when he's 100% and he's going 100%. It's first-team All-American kind of stuff. Yeah, no question about it. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest, talking IU basketball. And, Mike, you know, as we think about postseason in March, and it's all going to be here before we know it, uh, just kind of backing away from Indiana for just a moment, uh, looking at some of the scores and catching a few games over the weekend, Kentucky is really, really on the brink of not making the NCAA tournament. Louisville obviously has no chance whatsoever. Their scores, I've not even watched them in so long. They're just so bad, but their scores are unbelievable blowouts. Uh, and then even North Carolina, who Indiana beat and who was once the preseason number one team in the country with all sorts of expectations with Armando Baycott and others back from last year, uh, they are really struggling and maybe out of the tournament or could not be in the NCAA tournament. Once again, I know we probably say this every few years, but it just seems like a crazy year in college basketball, especially with some of our local teams uh, where we're positioned in southern Indiana, the Kentuckyana region. Yeah, I mean, it's weird to, to look at the top of the rankings, top of the Ken Palm, and see teams like Houston and Alabama, Tennessee. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely, you know, t- times are changing. You know, it's a, we talk about this all the time, but, you know, with, with you know, money coming in via NIL with the transfer portal, um, th- those are variables that are changing the dynamics of the game. Um, you know, you have some of the schools you mentioned, like you have, North Carolina, who I know they made the championship game last year, but they're still kind of going through a coaching change and, and, you know, clearly are having some issues this year. And then the issue at Louisville, another coaching change. Kentucky, you know, looks like it may be a coaching change sooner or later. Um, you know, these things all go through cycles. And, you know, while, while we're all feeling good about where Indiana's right at right now, I mean, they're, they're a program that next year conceivably is 
looking at losing four out of their five starters. So who knows where we'll be with them at this point next year. So it's, it, you know, goes back to that kind of that roster management concept. And, you know, each year you've got, you know, a meaningfully new team. One, one of the reasons why everybody felt good about Indiana coming into this year is because they had so much coming back. And I think that has been part of the story that uh, they've been able to persevere through some injuries, but um, yeah, just, just some crazy dynamics, and I think it's going to make for a great NCAA tournament uh, just because there seems to be so much parity. Even Purdue, who seemed to be a little head and shoulders there for a while, is, is coming back to, down to earth a little bit, and that they have their own March demons they'll, they'll have to deal with. So I think we can all look forward to a fantastic postseason coming up here next month. I tell you what, Mike, as much as I'm excited about the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournaments, and this is men's and women's, and we'll, we'll get to the IU women here in a moment, you know what I'm not looking forward to is the off-season transfer portal grind. It's it's interesting. I think it keeps fans engaged, but uh, gosh, all the movement that takes place, and I'm assuming we'll head to another record number of uh, entries in the transfer portal. Obviously, Indiana will be involved in that as a college coach and staff. You've you've got to be, no matter if you have a great season or a bad season or one in the middle, but. That's something that I don't look forward to because, number one, it means the, se- the season is over uh, and basketball games are over. Uh, but, number two, it's just a grind to go through. I can't imagine being a head coach or an assistant coach and having so much uncertainty about guys that may depart your program or, or may be coming into the program. It just It's recruiting nonstop. Yeah, there's no doubt. I'll tell you one of the people that likes it the least is my wife who – Used to have comfort that, you know, college basketball season came to an end in March and I, I wouldn't be as busy. <laughs> but uh, the last couple of years, April has been as busy as any month, just trying to keep track of everything that's going on from a, you know, a who's leaving, who's going standpoint. I, I suspect for Indiana, it's going to be a bigger deal this year than it has been in the past because they do have, you know, seniors, you know, who will have exhausted their eligibility. I'm, I'm sure. There will be people that decide to leave for whatever reason, and they only have two people signed in their 23 class. So there's clearly going to be a need to to add talent from the portal this year, and they're going to have pretty clear needs. If they lose Huchifino, which seems like it's at least probably more likely than not at this point, just based on his performance and, and the, the draft predictions that you're seeing, and, and they lose Xavier Johnson, which they will, um, then they're going to need a point guard out of the portal because I don't know if Gabe Cups is going to be ready to go from day one. I mean, he's, he certainly could do it, but I don't know if that's the the ideal. Uh, that they're going to need to add size if Trace leaves because uh, uh, obviously Race is going to leave as well. Um, so there, there's clear needs. In addition, I think they will at some point need to address what's been a glaring issue for multiple years now, and that's more kind of dynamic three-level scores from the wing that, that they just haven't had here of late. So, um, you know, it could be a, a year where Indiana is heavily involved, looking to add maybe two or three people even from the portal, and, and that just is a very tricky thing to do. And to your point about coaches maybe not liking it as much, what I would like at least about it as a coach is, is trying to figure out why a kid's in the portal to begin with, trying to figure out uh, if they're a good fit you know, on a short time frame. It's not like high school recruiting where you're on a kid for, for years. You're, you're trying to figure out all this out on, on the fly 
and trying to figure out if there's issues there that, that maybe you're not aware of that could negatively impact your team or, or maybe that they're just not going to kind of meet the expectations that you have. I think it would be interesting to go back and look. I mean, we see kids like Jameer Young at Maryland have really good seasons, but for all of those examples, I'm sure there's plenty more where guys just haven't kind of lived up coming up from like a mid-major to a high-major level. Yeah, and Indiana, as you spelled out very clearly, is a team that could be very active or should be very active, I think, in the in the portal this upcoming offseason. But the good news is we've got lots of basketball ahead. Let's enjoy the next couple months before we get into that offseason type banner uh, on recruiting and transfer portals and so forth. Mike, before I let you go, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the IU women uh, as well as the men have played and battled. Uh, the Indiana women, you could argue, are playing even better. And they went on the road to Columbus last night, defeated a solid Ohio State team who uh, was number is number 13 in the country. And this number two ranked Indiana team, they just keep buzzing people down. They continue to add wins. They continue to take steps toward a Big Ten women's championship, a regular season championship at least. And I think, man, they're setting themselves up for a great opportunity in the NCAA tournament as well. Things are going great for the IU women. Yeah, there is, there's no doubt about it. I mean, imagine going on the road to the number 13 team in the country and running out to a 41-14 to 14 lead. That, that is just insane. Um, and, and the reason it happened is kind of the, the missing link for this team, if they had one, was that their top player off the bench, Sarah Scalia, had kind of been in an overall shooting slump for most of the season and she was a player that came from minnesota as their leading scorer averaged like 20 a game you know like just a fantastic three-point shooter in her career there but just hadn't kind of fit in and hadn't kind of gotten into a rhythm but last night she hit six threes including five in the first half and that's what kind of led to that first half buzzsaw against them if she's going off the bench along with their starting five which i'd put up with just about anybody in the country i you know, I've said it before, but I think it's a clear Final Four team. I don't know if they can beat South Carolina. If you look at their scores, are just incredibly daunting. They blow out just about everybody they play. But I don't know that there's anyone else in the country that, that you look at and say, I you just couldn't handle that team. So I'll continue to say I see a Final Four team there. And it's going to be a fun story to watch and see how it plays out. Yeah, no question. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Did I see a story? I haven't read it yet, but did I see a headline on your site this morning. I think Mike Woodson gave some credit to the IU women's coaches for the opening play of the Michigan game over the weekend. Is that right? That, that is exactly right. He, he told that story last night on his radio. So the, the first play that, that the IU men ran against Michigan on Saturday night, they got a easy wide open dunk for Trace Jackson Davis and, and Woodson revealed that that play they got from watching the IU women against Iowa last Thursday and they had one of their assistants come the next morning and draw the play up for them, and they chose to run at the first play of the game. So it kind of bridges everything together there. Yeah, neat stuff. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Mike, uh, I'm curious as we as we let you go, with all of the success of this IU team and the good headlines around this team and program, uh, I know you cover the team um, always very well in thick and thin, good and bad, but – is there more interest? Is there an uptick out there in the views and the feedback and things you're getting from your site? Are IU fans uh, maybe peaking here as far as their interest in this team? 
There's no doubt about it. I mean, you can clearly see it in traffic numbers, social media following, you name it. There's a clear uptick, and it's understandable. I mean, this was a hard program to root for. You know, even last year during, what did they lose last year, like four or five in a row in February? It was a kind of here-we-go-again feeling. At some point, you you lose an element of a fan base, but I, I think they're coming back. I'll, I'll share a quick story. I actually sometimes when you're leaving Assembly Hall after doing your work after a game, you bump into people in the parking lot. I walked out at the same time as IU assistant Brian Walsh, and I, I told him basically that I was like, "Man, this this is fun again. You guys are making this fun again to to cover the team. It's it's exciting again, and you know." <laughs> you can see it in, in every aspect. You can tell they're having fun. Um, you know, it's it's just a it's a good time right now. But it but it's tenuous too, right? I mean, they're they're thin on depth. They're they're winning close games. We've seen this enough to know it can quickly reverse and go the opposite direction. That's why I thought the, the win at Michigan was so important, just because it, it was a game nobody really expected them to win, and the, and they did it. And I think that will build a lot of confidence and character going forward. Absolutely. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. You can hear him here on Tuesdays. Mike, thank you, and we'll catch up next week. Okay, Matt. Thank you. All right. We'll head to a commercial break, come back with our final segment, a couple high school basketball notes, and more as we look at IU Northwestern after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here, final segment, and I know a lot of you stay tuned after this program each day to listen to Spears on Sports with John Spears. And John, John's going to join me here for a couple minutes. Hello, you know, I get a lot of people that, that say, uh, that St. X John, St. X guy that comes on after you said this or said that <laughs> or he likes the Hoosiers or whatever. So I think Southern Indiana has really accepted you, but they still think you're a St. X guy. Well, I'm a sellout, you know. So, yeah, I love the Hoosiers. I've said it since day one this year. I love the roster. Hood Shafino brings so much. Uh, and if the other guys just do a little, do a little bit, do enough. Trace Jackson Davis is to me. He's Carmelo Anthony. He's Danny Manny. He can put everybody on his back and take them to the final four. Well, you made a comment around here uh, that I heard just a little bit ago, where you think so much of the Hoosiers. You you got them a few weeks ago on odds to win the national championship, fifty to one. I don't know what they are today. Uh, I will look at some point this week to figure it out. See if I want to bet even more on them, but uh, I think fifty-one was a really good number right now. They're up to fourteenth in the country. If they're a three seed or better, which I think they will be ultimately in the NCAA tournament, 
that's all you ask for. Now you got as good a shot as anybody. You know, the Big Ten as a conference, and I love the Big Ten. I'm proud of the Big Ten. Uh, but they are due for a real breakout year in the NCAA tournament. They've had some bad ones recently. We know the streak of no national champion, but could this be the year that Indiana maybe and Purdue and who knows who else makes a breakthrough here deep, deep, deep in the tournament? Here's what happens. Uh, You have a couple of years where you lose a few games in the tournament you shouldn't lose, and your your 10 teams – Lose, you know, six of them lose in the first two rounds, and then the other four lose in the Sweet 16, and all of a sudden you're a bad conference. The NCAA tournament is about matchups. It's all about the draw. It's all about the seeding, and it's all about the matchups. Every conference goes through really good years. Every conference goes through really bad years. So I don't pay any attention to that talk. Are you talented enough? Do you have experience? Do you have talent? Do you have coaching? If you have those things, you can win. Indiana has all of those things. John, let's talk NCAA tournament from a local perspective. Obviously, we both agree Indiana's going to have a good seed, and uh, I think you're even higher than I am on what they could do in the tournament. Louisville's out. There's no question about that. Oh, you're not waiting for the ACC tournament run? No, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, Kentucky, they're really on the brink right now, and they're outside of the tournament field, it looks like, as we speak. Are they going to get in? Boy, if I could, if I knew that, I'd make a lot of money. Yeah, but uh, they got Mississippi State tomorrow night on the road. Uh, they've got the longest win streak in the SEC right now at five. So this is not going to be any easier than Georgia was. It's not going to be any easier than Kansas was at home. Um, if I had to put money on it right now, I would say no, because they don't defend very well. Um. Their stars and their their team does not seem to get along very well. And I think that's a factor as well. Karma is a factor. Togetherness is a factor. I would say no. I hope I'm wrong. I would say no. Is Cal back in Lexington next year? Because of the recruiting class that you cannot let get away? Yes. No question about it. But he has said before he wants to retire at 65. He's going to be 65 next year. So maybe next year is the last year. Huh, interesting. All right, John Spears, you can catch him here in just seconds on the Big X. He's got the noon hour. Uh, he talks IU, Kentucky, Louisville, local stuff. Uh, he's a great Louisvillian. I think that's the right word. And a great St. X man, even if that's how you are branded by the Southern Indiana people. So, I'm good with that. Thank you, John. Bye that's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday program. Back with you at 11 a.m. tomorrow. We'll have a game day edition of the show, Indiana and Northwestern, on Wednesday night. Have a great Tuesday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.